Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. It is a great morning to be a Charger and a Charger fan. And most of all, Charger QB1. Because yesterday, the QB market was reset for the third time this offseason, and we now have a new highest-paid player in the NFL. First, Jalen Hurts got his bag. Then Lamar Jackson got a little bit more. And now the highest-paid player per season in the history of the Shield, for the time being, is Justin Herbert. In a phrase, love to see it. (laughs) Love to see it. Love to see it. I do. I do love to see it. Five years, 262.5 mil, 133 mil in full guarantees, 193 mil in injury guarantees. And if you're thinking right now that that sounds a little steep for this dude, go ahead and think again. Reconsider that take. That take sucks. Take that take and set it on fire. Not only is that a great deal for the Bolts, the dude is still going to be a bargain for the Bolts, even at 52.5 mil per season. Kind of goes back to when Patrick Mahomes got his bag and everybody said, that, that is an insane amount of money. I'm like, you know what? Really, it's not. It's a great deal. I remember having this conversation Little arguments with people on and off the air about how much money that was and what a bad deal that was. I'm like, it's not. It is such a good deal. Such a good deal for the team. He's now the eighth highest paid. He made that deal three years ago. So I'm going to make the same argument right now about Justin Herbert. I'm not saying that Herbert is Mahomes. Not quite, but getting there, getting there quickly. Yes, it's a lot of paper, but this is a hell of a lot of quarterback and a lot of arm and a lot of youth and a lot of leadership and a lot of talent and a hell of a lot of grit and toughness. Yes, it's a lot of money, but I'll tell you what, it's not like Jalen Brown money or anything, nor does Herbert turn it over as frequently as Brown does. But if you think of it that way, if you think about the Celtics paying Jalen Brown five years, 304 mil, you realize a few things. First, Herbert should probably be hooping right now. Second, the NFL owners haven't made. And third, yes, it is a good deal for the Bolts. It is. Yes, The Chargers could have paid him only 4.23 mil this season. This is so key to me, too. The Chargers get this. They could have paid him only 4.23 mil this season on the fourth year of his rookie contract and then let him play out his fifth-year option before getting a new deal done. They could have done that. But there's a damn good reason why you don't do that. There's a damn good reason they didn't want to wait. There's a damn good reason they steered way out of their way to throw that paper at that dude two years early. And the reason is he's worth it. He is it. He is that dude. He is him. Call him Justin Himbert, if that makes it easier. 
He is him. He's Himbert. Let me put it to you this way. If anybody is going to lead the Chargers to a Super Bowl, it is this dude. In fact, rare is the franchise that is fortunate enough to get this dude. Every franchise, except those that have Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, want this dude. And once you realize that, it's always better to lock it down. And don't play games. Don't get cheap. Don't get stupid. Don't overthink it. Don't drag your feet. Don't jerk with it. Just lock that down. Chargers GM, Tom Telesco, gets it. He understands. He knows how lucky they are to have that guy. And apparently was being very honest with me when he told me back in May, quote, the sooner the better on this deal. You know that contracts of this magnitude you know, may take some time, um, but uh, both uh, Justin and, and us know that, that uh, we both want to get something done. So we'll start get moving on that, probably more so now that the, uh, the free agency is over, the draft is over, kind of get that moving. But, uh, you know, we, we have them under contract this year and next year. Um, so really no, no time frame, but, uh, you know, sooner the better for me. Nailed it. Nailed it. Right. Like, we don't have to. We've got him under contract this year and next year, but but the sooner the better for me. That's so well said. He said that on this show back in May, and he meant it. The sooner the better for me as well. You heard the man. Both sides knew exactly what they wanted, so why wait? Get it done. And before you run up in here and try to tell me that Herbert is not that dude, that he's overhyped or overrated, or hasn't proven it, or some crap like that. Just stop. Stop before you do it. Don't do that. Don't do that. I can hear it already. I know the tweets are already flying in. I know a lot of you on social media think that this dude isn't any good. And that's why I think oftentimes that social media isn't any good. The dude has more passing yards in his first three seasons than any player in NFL history. He was an instant star from basically the first game, and he's only gotten better. He's got a howitzer attached to his right shoulder. He's mobile. He's smart. He's focused. He's a great leader. He's got an incredible mindset and a work ethic to match. And again, toughness and grit. He's everything you want in the face of a franchise. He's played with busted-up ribs. Everything you want in a quarterback and a leader and a face of the franchise and still just 25. And here's a key point. Just because you amateur, armchair, social media draft experts got this one completely wrong doesn't mean that the dude's not good. Just because your hot takes have not panned out and are now ice cold and frigid, does not mean that he should not get paid. But as I am apt to do, don't take it from me. You could take it from somebody who is really credible. Take it from Patrick Mahomes himself. He's a special arm talent, man. And he throws some some passes that I don't think anyone can throw in this league, and that includes myself. I mean, he has a, a cannon for an arm. You watch it. I watch on film every week because we like play similar opponents. Um, and there's some throws you just kind of shake your head because uh, they're, they're that special. Patrick Mahomes, 
saying that Justin Herbert is a, quote, special arm talent. That was before week 11 last year. So if maybe arguably the most special arm talent ever says that you have a special arm talent, then probably you are really special. Like I always say, we don't really know these dudes. But from what we know of Justin Herbert, he is exactly the kind of leader that you want to back up the Brinks truck for and throw a gigantic pile of money at. Hell, the last time he was in the jungle... We were joking about this dude skipping an off day and getting some work in anyway. Not that you're looking for any shortcuts, but like they say, it pays to be a winner. How nice was it to hear Brandon Staley say, you all didn't have to go in and lift yesterday as a reward for that win? Uh, It was good. You know, uh, guys got their body back. And, um, you know, we've been down a couple guys here and there, but uh, they're going to come back healthy. Um, you know, we're getting healthy at the right time, so there's a lot of football left to, and a lot of things to look forward to. Hey, Justin, did you take that day off? Um, not not completely. We we went in as quarterbacks and lifted and watched the film, but uh, it wasn't a true day off for us, no. Did I figured. I knew it. I mean, you always hear you always hear this, that when you're the face of the franchise, you've got to lead from the front. Like, I wonder exactly what that feels like and what's that mean. What's it feel like to you to have all eyes on you all the time on and off the field, knowing that everybody is taking their cue from you? Well, I think it's a great opportunity for us. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful to be a part of an organization, such a great coaching staff and, and great players, and, um, you know, an offensive line that has done a great job protecting me, receivers Mike and Keenan that have made plays all year long. And, um, you know, I'm super thankful. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Could this guy be working any more diligently to take the attention off of himself, the question off of himself, and giving everybody else credit? And I guarantee you when he said, yeah, you know, on that off day, we, yeah, we got a little bit of a lift in, watched a little bit of film. Man, that dude was in there. First one in, last one out, busting his ass. He's built for it. He was made to be the face of the franchise type player, which is why it took him maybe two quarters on the field to become the face of the franchise. And by the way, he apologized for that crappy phone line too that day. He apologized to us. This is the kind of class act we're talking about here. Now, all I have to do, all I have to do is try to figure out a way to get just just one invite to one of those victory barbecues that he's famous for in the neighborhood. Not because he's saying, look at me, I have these victory barbecues, but the guy lives like two streets over from where I live, and I know people who live near him, and they've seen it. I mean, really low-key. But teammates come by for these victory barbecues. It's like a well-kept secret, but I know about it because, again, I live two streets away. I'm trying to find a way to get to one. Just one. Just one. Needless to say, though, I don't have any issues with the Chargers getting down on a knee two years early and committing to this dude for the long haul. I love it. It's a great move. Great move for them. Big pile for him. And a great morning to be a Charger. 
And that has not always been the case. In fact, remember, they have not been to the Super Bowl since 1995. I remember those days, the salad days. I lived through it. I was there. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, how do I put this? Show me your lightning bolt. San Diego. Escondido. Carlsbad. Where are you? Is this on? Del Mar, Chula Vista, your opinions. I've got airtime. You've got lung. La Mesa, Encinitas, Penasquitas, Poway. You just got five more years of Herbie and me, the butter knife. Well, maybe five more months of me, the butter knife. <laughs> if I'm lucky. <laughs> I want to hear from you right now. Get up in here. What? The phones don't work? Got a pulse? Got a local carrier? Ah. Anyway. It it used to be funny when I would do that and say, it takes five years off my life, but now it's not so funny. You're welcome. But today, if not now, then when? Today, it was worth it. So then on top of that, Bengals fan, we talked about your quarterback situation yesterday. Bengals fan has to be like, see, see, if the Chargers can take care of their dude, Mike Brown, why haven't you taken care of ours? Their GM was on with Rome months ago saying, yes, yes, the sooner the better. But you say you're not even allowed to talk about it. You won't even talk about where it stands with your franchise quarterback. Instead, you're willing to talk about pigs and pies. You get a bag of corn and you have 10 hogs. How are you going to put that out to them? The bag's going to be gone, empty. And some of them aren't going to get it. Well, that's too bad. And uh, think of the cap as a pie. Once you take out one piece, there's less left for the next guy. And it just is obvious. I'll tell you what's obvious. To put this signing in Mike Brown vernacular, Justin was the Chargers' biggest pig, and they put out the biggest feast. Man, there's not a farm big enough to fit this trough. But they managed. The Chargers just sat Justin in front of a key lime pie, tossed him the serrated knife, and put the spatula back in the sink. And Dean told Justin, dude, don't even worry about cutting a slice. Just go no hands, stick your face in it, and have at it. It's yours, dude. The pie is yours. Charger fan, get up in here. U.S. Cellular is introducing us mode. You know, it's kind of like airplane mode, but for people. It's a way to set up your phone so it does not get in the way of people really being with each other. Block distractions. Make way for real connections. Give it a try. Visit U.S. Cellular in-store or online, and they'll help set up your phone to us mode. Free. 
even if you're not a customer. Built for superior 5G connection and real human connection, U.S. Cellular, built for us. Find out more at uscellular.com slash find us. My guest is Tracy McGrady. He joins us via Zoom. Tracy, it's been a minute. It's great to have you back on. How are you? Doing well, Rome. You've been on air for a long time, my friend. It's good to see you. Tracy, it is great to see you. I appreciate you, man. I was saying off the air to my guys that we used to have great conversations when you played, so it's really good to see you. For those who do not know what the OBL is, what are you hoping to do with the brand, and exactly what is it? Well, it's a it's a platform for guys that truly have a passion for the game of basketball in a one-on-one setting. Um, it's like your UFC of, of basketball, if you will. It's one-on-one, obviously, and it's the to me the pure true essence of basketball i don't understand why we don't have a one-on-one league like if you look at you know some of these top guys in the nba Kyrie, devin booker kd uh kobe in his time me like we one-on-one players one-on-one players james harden like these guys are one-on-one type dudes and with that type of talent it's out here on the in, in, in in society that no one knows about. So I'm creating this platform so you will know about these guys. And that's why this documentary is so big that we're dropping with Showtime on Friday to really highlight, you know, an ability that, you know, you haven't seen from these guys that you will see it and should know about. We are talking to Tracy McGrady, you know, to that point. I mean, how differently, Tracy, do you have to be built or wired to play and dominate (laughs) one-on-one basketball? Yeah, yeah. First, you got to be highly skilled, right, for one-on-one basketball. And then I, I think when it comes down to it, you're on an island by yourself. And that mentally has to be something that you have to be tapped into. You got to be men- mentally tough, physically tough. And uh, you got to be able to take it as well as dish it out. And it's just a gauntlet that you're in. And good luck while you're out there because you don't have a seven-footer behind you altering shots or blocking shots or somebody on the left or the right of you to slow a guy down and you know that's that's the beauty of it man you just gotta you gotta show grit you gotta show fight tracy you're a hall of famer i'm curious why is this thing so personal to you and why do you identify with these guys the way you do well i go back to when i was a junior in high school in in florida and i was a good basketball player my junior high school but outside of my region no one knew who i was it wasn't until after I completed my junior season, I had a guy that was affiliated with Adidas come down to my high school, give me an invite to the Adidas camp, which I've never heard about. And, you know, it's this platform where it's the top uh, high school basketball players in the nation all competed against each other. And I went to this camp and it put me on the map. Once I left this camp, everyone knew who T-Mac was, and I ended up becoming the number one player in the country. So I went from unknown to the number one player in the country because of this platform. And what I'm creating for these guys out here is just this platform. People should know about these guys because they have a, a unique skill set and the ability to play basketball. We're talking to Tracy McGrady. Like, how unique? For instance, when you look at season number one, you went to seven different cities. How many of these guys would you say have an NBA-level game but just didn't make the league for whatever reason? Well, I I would say out of all the guys that I've seen last season, 
Uh, I would say there is potentially one or two that could possibly make it. Um, I think what we did last year, we didn't get the best of the best of the talent that was out there because there have been so many companies trying to do one-on-one tournaments. You know, I think the best players were sitting back watching to see what this really was. Coming back for 24 season, I think we're going to get the best players that you possibly can have out here that are not on an NBA uh, roster, that are not, not on a G League roster, and guys that's probably not even playing across seas. So we would get top-notch level competition and elite talent that's not on those levels. We're talking to Tracy McGrady. So when you look back on your career in the NBA, who was the single toughest matchup you ever had one-on-one? Come on, Jim. <laughs> I, I know, know the it. answer to the question, but I'm going to ask okay. it anyway. Go ahead. Give it to me. I mean, it's Kobe, man. Of course. Kobe. Of course. You know, Kobe is arguably one of the, the, the greatest. And it, when you talk about one-on-one basketball, he is that. <clears throat> I know the answer to it, which is why I asked it, but I want to go one step further. Tracy, he – listen, I try to be as real and as objective as I can possibly be, but Kobe Bryant is one of the athletes – that I appreciated most of all in the decades I've done this. He once paid you the ultimate compliment when he said that you were the toughest player he ever had to guard. What did that praise mean to you coming from him? And what do you remember about those legendary battles that you had with the Mamba? Yeah, I think when you when it all you know boils down to is you know you want the respect for your, from your peers. Um, you know the media says stuff, fans says stuff, but. You know, what really matters is the guys that, you know, you had to compete against every single night that you, you garner that respect from. And to, to hear that from, you know, Kobe is one of the arguably his best player uh, to ever play this game. I mean, that's 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 respect right there. And I have, you know, uh, you know, the utmost respect for for him as a person and as a player. I would, that was my brother, man, and, you know, it, it really meant a lot to me coming from him. But, you know, that's what it's all about, man. You, you, you definitely want that respect from your peers, and to hear that from Cole just meant a lot to me. Tracy, one more thing about Kobe. You credit him also with helping to elevate your game in the sense that he worked with you the summer after your rookie season. What can you tell us about training with him in Paris in 1998? Uh, that we were playing a game, we were training, and he was playing a game of one-on-one that I didn't know about. <laughs> That's a story. So if you ever heard of a, right. a story about Kobe beating me one-on-one, we were working on our skills and training, and in his mind, we were playing one-on-one. I didn't know anything about it. But anyways, but now I just picked up a, a lot of gems from him. Um, Kobe was such a, a student of, of the game. Um, he was a technician. Uh, he, he did a lot of studying the game. He did a lot of watching film. He did a lot of having conversations with the greats. So to be with him over a summer and, and soak up all the, the, the knowledge and his work ethic, I mean, it was it did wonders for my career. Um, you know, he was the guy that told me, you know, playing pickup basketball in the offseason really is not that helpful for you. Now, for me, it was all about the skill training for him, it was all about the skill training. It may not work for other guys because I know a lot of other guys play pickup basketball instead of working on their skills. But I, for me, you know, that's what really propelled me and elevated me to a whole nother level when I just worked on my skills instead of just playing pickup basketball in the offseason. 
Tracy McGrady joins me for a few more moments. You know, when you think about this notion of one-on-one, it's kind of fun to think about things hypothetically. As an example, like in their prime, imagine a one-on-one matchup between, say, Kevin Durant and Kevin Garnett. How do you think that would go? That's funny you said that because I, I did an interview and that was the two guys that I named that I wanted to see. You know, you got you got two seven-footers, highly skilled guys, uh, unicorns, if you will. And KG just brings a, you know, a, a different dynamic with the trash talking, trying to get inside your head. And, and KD is one that doesn't back down from that highly skilled. I would love to see one-on-one between these two right here. That would have been my CTV. Tracy, really quickly, I'm glad you said that. You mentioned a unicorn, a seven-footer. You know, virtually nothing lives up to the hype, right? Well, well, it's been a long time since we've seen anybody hyped as much as Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama ends up in the exact, in a great spot, right? He's in San Antonio, so he's got all the support he needs. But, I mean, the hype is just insane. Do you think that he will live up to all of that? Can anybody? I, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. It's a way to see game. The kid is young. He needs to get familiar with the game. But what I do know is he's surrounded by greatness and will soak up all the advice. He's going to have everything that he needs to reach that level of, of greatness. Uh, will it happen? We all got to sit back and watch. But yeah, the hype is too much. It, 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 it is too much because it's like we're setting this kid up to fail. If he doesn't live up to it, then we're going to be bashing him. I just don't like how, you know, we're, we're building him up um, before he's even played an NBA game. Just, you know, let this kid live, man, and get familiar with our game and, and you know, be taught by one of the greatest coaches, um, get the influence from Tim Duncan and, and David Robinson and those guys. But I agree, man, it's, it's been too much. Hey, Tracy, before I have you direct our listeners and our viewers to the doc, one last thing. What do you make – of James Harden trying to force his way out of Philly, trying to get away from Joel Embiid to get to L.A. Like, if you had to guess, what do you think that he's thinking? Uh, I don't know what James is thinking. I don't know. I don't know why you want to leave a situation where you actually could compete for a championship. Like, that's what we play for. And you playing with the MVP and want I, – I don't know, man. Like I said before, I think it's something deeper than, you know, all of us know about because there is no way you're on a team that can contend for a championship. And you were one game away from playing in the Eastern Conference. And I think, you know, having Joel on your Joel and beat as your teammate to face Miami Heat, I think him being the MVP and, and Miami not having anybody to really uh, defend him, I think that propels y'all to at least play the Denver Nuggets in the finals. I don't know why you want to leave that. It's just, to me, it makes no sense. All right, so, Tracy, it is so good to get caught up with you. I know that the OBL itself, the play, the league is going to return in 2024, but the doc is going to drop shortly. Remind our viewers and our listeners where they can find that doc bonded by a ball inside the OBL. When and where can they see it? Doc is dropping Friday on Showtime platform, uh, Show Basketball, and uh, Paramount as well. So, you know, go check that out. Drop in Friday at 10 o'clock. It's a four-part series. Showtime did a wonderful job on this doc, and it'll give you an insight of one-on-one basketball and also telling some great stories of the guys that participated in OBL. I love it. Tracy McGrady, my guest. Tracy, it had been far too long. So good to get caught up, my man. Good luck with that, and uh, great to talk to you once again.
Thank you. Appreciate it, Jim. Good to talk to you. Paul's dog. Yo, PD, what up? Hello, Rim Room. Did I hear someone say these are the dog days? Please. Every day is a dog's day. I would like to congratulate the smack-off winner, me, because there is no failure in smack-off. I don't want to get personal, but if Jack Savage assassinates the wrong world leader, does he change his name to Jack Gentle? If Count Chocula is Count with a bowl of booberry, does he stop being a creature of the night? If Alvy fails to impregnate Mill on the first try, do they stop wrestling? Yipe! Seriously, though, congratulations to Mark in Boston. He deserved it. It takes guts to go to Wisco dressed as a cow. He's lucky that it didn't turn him into bratwurst or, or try to milk him. He did get a discount on his cow costume, though, on account of him providing his own udder. Nice to see Jeff bounce back from his performance. He got an offer to star in a TV movie. He's playing the part of the Titan Submersible. Jeff sinks fast in a redneck submarine. Redneck submarine. Redneck submarine. There's no doors on a redneck submarine. We're only a screen. We're on a redneck submarine. Oh, Vic didn't do much better. Getting run for ripping off Lyle Branch Goodfellas shtick. Hey, Vic, next time, why not go for a Revenge of the Nerds parody? Or do a tandem call with Tito Ortiz, where you pretend to infiltrate Big Wangs. Or, or rent a helicopter and buzz the studio. Mm-hmm. But considering your income, the only helicopter you can afford to rent runs on batteries, and is attached to a wire. Roar! Smack off is never over. Rough me, rum route. All right. Go ahead, rack him. I like that bounce back. Rack him. I was a little concerned at the start, but our dog showed up. So instead, what I want to do is talk about Jets quarterback. Change of plans. Happens a lot in our house. DJ and I talk about that a lot. Especially as it relates to Logan Rome. Hey, I thought you were going to the beach. Change of plans. There's always a change of plans. If you have a teenager, you know what I'm talking about. They're constantly changing plans. Well, I just had a change of plans. And the reason for that is, I know a lot of you keyboard warriors have had a hell of a lot of fun the past few days clowning that Aaron Rodgers pick, making the rounds on social. You know the one. The one in his new Gotham green uniform. The one that people said looks like a shrunken Aaron. Or Aaron Rodgers wearing an Aaron Rodgers Halloween costume for kids. You know the pick. Personally... Pick a side. I think the guy looks great. I think the guy sounds great. I think the guy looks great. And I think the guy's in a better place than he's been 
in the last few years, which also seems to be the take of anyone that lays eyes on this guy right now. Apparently on a computer or a cell phone screen, though, that's not how he looks. He looks like the great Gazoo in green. He looks super skinny with a super oversized helmet. But if you watch him on tape or you see him in person, he looks awesome. Dude looks lean, looks twitchy, quick twitch, decisive, confident, body language is great. He's moving well. He's coaching guys up. I mean, everything about him looks good. Except for the guys hiding behind their keyboards. They've got lots of critiques. Not his head coach. Not the guy who's spending more time with him than almost anybody. If you haven't noticed, Bob Sala, a guy who I don't see smile very often, hasn't stopped smiling since this dude showed up. Which will definitely happen when you had to suffer through two years of the Coog Hunter complaining about the wind. I get it. I mean, it is windy as hell out there, guys. So I totally understand why Robert Receipts was so happy to see Aaron and is still so happy to see Aaron every single day. Here's what I do not get. (laughs) Here's what I don't get about Bobby. Bob Sala was at the podium yesterday and again, still grinning ear to ear. Still really excited to have Aaron. What I don't understand, though, is the point that he was making about his Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, I liked it, but I didn't get it. I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive. I have no idea what he meant by this line, although I liked this line. I referenced those two throws. You, you smiled. Or you, you were fighting back a smile. I mean, are you starting to get a little? Are you letting yourself get a little? No, I, I, I told you guys. I, I joke around, but I'm serious, too. They, I mean, the, the guy glows in the dark, so he's... Uh, He's a pretty damn good quarterback. I joke around, but I'm telling you guys, he glows in the dark. He's a pretty damn good quarterback. All right, so half of that I know and I agree with. He is a pretty damn good quarterback. The other half, I don't understand, but I like. I've never heard that phrase. I've never heard a coach talk about a player and say he glows in the dark. The guy glows in the dark, so. What does that even mean? What, so like he doesn't need the spotlight to shine or he shines without any light at all? Uh, What does that mean? He glows in the dark. He's both a human highlight reel and a human nightlight? It it doesn't make sense. Doesn't doesn't make any sense. Or maybe the... Thank you, Alvin. Or maybe the ayahuasca... Somehow made this dude bioluminescent. And he really actually does glow in the dark. I have no idea what Bob meant by that. I don't know that Bob knows what Bob meant by that. I just know that dude is infatuated. It doesn't mean he wants to have S with the guy who glows in the dark. He's just infatuated. Glows in the dark, so. Eric in San Diego. Romy, I'm not in love with you. I am just infatuated. It doesn't mean that I want to have S with him. Ah! You can say the word sex on the air. You don't like 
Anyway, the only thing that Bob knows is that he likes what he sees. And he's not the only one. You know, for everybody online just killing Aaron for being so skinny and for Aaron showing up in an Aaron Rodgers Halloween costume. Again, look at the tape. Or if you've been around him physically, you can tell how great he looks. We had Jim Trotter in here Monday. Jim Trotter was at the golf tournament in Tahoe. He saw Aaron up close and in person and said, I'm telling you, the guy looks great physically. When I saw him um, out at the golf tournament out in Lake Tahoe, physically he just looked different. And, and by that, what I mean is he looked leaner, he looked in shape, um, and to me what it says is that he's taking this really seriously. I thought at the end there at Green Bay, you, you, you had started to see um, he didn't participate in off-season workouts and whatnot. He was not as lean. You know, there was a reason to question whether or not he was completely in shape and invested in what was going on. When I see him now, just physically, right, and if you know Aaron Rodgers, you know he's a competitor and he knows what everyone is saying and he is going to want to show that he is still that guy, particularly to Green Bay management. Um, from that standpoint alone, I think that they are going to be much, much better, and I think he is going to be much, much better than he was a year ago. I think he nailed that take. I agree with all that. I agree with everything he just said, except for one part. And I, I don't disagree with this, but when he said, I think he wants to prove to everybody, particularly Green Bay management, I agree with that. I think that he wants to prove it to the world, to himself, first and foremost, but to the entire world. And I think it's not a coincidence that he looks that good and that he didn't look quite like that at the end of his time in Green Bay. It was just time. I'm not saying that the Packers were wrong or right or he was wrong or right. What I'm saying is it was time. It was time for him to move on. And I don't think that he looked the way he does now at the end of his time in Green Bay because it was time. They both needed to move on. So they did. And I think he did. And I think the reason he looks as good as he does right now is because he is as motivated and rejuvenated as he's been in quite some time. It's not a quinky dink that he looks the way he does. I agree. The guy looks great. So if you want, you can keep photoshopping and going back to the great green gazoo. But if you look at him in person and you look at him on tape, the guy looks great. And the Jets are going to be much better and Aaron is going to be much better than he was a year ago. You know, a lot of keyboard warriors and armchair analysts and lava slingers want to talk about how he's faded. He's not what he was. You know, I think I'm going to go with the head coach and the respected journo over your liquid magma takes. You might as well get all your clowning in right now before the season starts and bleep gets real. Just remember, whatever lava you spew, Bob Sala is keeping receipts. And you know Aaron is too. You know part of the Bob and Aaron bonding experience is bonding over shoebox after shoebox full of receipts. You know those two are bonding over that. They come together. Aaron rolls into Bob's office. And Aaron says, hey, Bob, let's look at him again. 
And they go into the shoeboxes and they get out all the receipts. And they keep them all. And they go through them all. Man, these dudes are both so fueled by your lava takes. So keep giving them what they want. Keep spewing. I am riding with the Jets. I know it's the Jets. I know he's 39. I'm aware of that. I don't give a crap. I was hyping this dude back when Favre Nation hated it. And I was right then. Now, now, he may not be exactly what he used to be. He might not even be what he was when he won back-to-back MVPs a couple of years ago. But I'm here to tell you, he's still damn good. And whatever he may have lost, he is going to compensate for. Whatever he may have lost with age, whatever slippage there may be, whatever diminishment in his game there might be, he will, physically, he will compensate with that gigantic boulder on his shoulder. I still love the guy. I'm going to say it for the record. I love the guy. I love where he is physically and where he is mentally. I'm not saying the Jets are the ones to beat. I'm saying they're the ones to watch. And he and they are going to make some people look bad, especially if you want to keep killing this guy. If he can stay healthy, he is going to make all these magma flingers look like the clowns that they are. Clowns. This guy's got something for you all. If he stays healthy. But I expect a very good version of Aaron Rodgers. And you got guys around him that like him, respect him, admire him, and are young, young legs, talented, hungry, with something to prove. I love the Jets. Honestly. Can't get enough. Good night now!